Do you know one of the top reasons why most people are never successful in their life? Why they never get to the finish line? What, what holds them back the most? I mean, yeah, there are a lot of reasons, to be honest with you. You know, procrastination, fear, you know, valuing others' opinions too much. So what is one of the main reasons why we don't believe in ourselves? Again, man, there are so many reasons, but I really narrowed it down to two main consistent reasons as to why. And see, the first reason why is because a lot of us, we're afraid of how gifted we really are. We're afraid that when we get to the finish line and we actually get to that point where we're actually walking in that purpose and we see how gifted we are, we're afraid of how heavy the crown just might be. We get to that point and say, oh, shit, this shit is real. Like, I might be the first person to have to break this generational curse in my family. Like, I might have to be the first person to go against the status quo and not do the traditional thing and do what's best for me. I might have to be the person that changes the world around me for one day. And we realize that that's too much. That that crown is too heavy. So instead, we settle. That's one reason. And see, in the second reason, probably the most important reason is because when we have that dream and we have that goal and we do find out what our purpose is in life. See, and we share that dream with somebody else. They don't see what we see. And it makes us stop seeing it. We shared our vision with someone who was blind And it made us lose our vision too You know when people can't get up in the morning And they can't get out of bed I'm going to tell you why Because they can predict the feeling of everything that's going to happen in their life And their bodies resign to the familiar It says oh another mundane day But remember when you were a kid and you were going on a field trip what happened then? You were up and dressed and ready to go before your parents were up. You know why? Because you knew something unexpected was going to happen. That's how we should live our lives. Waking up with the understanding to expect the unexpected. And something unusual should happen in our life as a result of our efforts. And it's just those beginning moments where it begins to happen that we begin to prove to ourselves how powerful we really are. So take time in the morning and the evening and the rest of the day Check in with yourself at certain times to see if you're still in that energy. And if you're not, excuse yourself for a second, raise your energy, and step back into your life. If you keep doing that over and over again, you'll become less frustrated, less impatient, less judgmental. It'll just become something of the past, and you'll be someone else. If you get up feeling the same way as you sat down, nothing really happened. Nothing happened neurologically, biologically, chemically, hormonally, genetically. You're still in the same state of being. But when you get up and you feel like an elevated sense of self and your heart is swollen and you have a clear vision of your future and your energy is different, the question is, how long can you maintain that state? So. You're literally broadcasting a whole new electromagnetic signature in that state. Thoughts tend to be electric and feelings tend to be magnetic. And the way we think and feel is what we broadcast into the field. And what we broadcast into the field is our experiment with destiny. So then when you go within and you disconnect from your outer world and you sit your body down and it's no longer experiencing anything and you're not thinking about your schedule, your past or your future, you're being defined by thought and you're making your inner world more real than your outer world. 
This is a productivity killer that most of us don't know about. It has to do with waking up. Now, when you think about being productive, you got a big day and you got a bunch of stuff you need to get done. Most of us focus on when. When do I need to get up in order to get everything done? That's not what you need to focus on. The thing that really impacts your productivity is how. How do you wake up? And here's the deal. If you're somebody like I used to be that hits the snooze button, that kills your productivity for at least four hours. You have to understand this. The snooze button creates a mental state, a state in your brain that is called sleep inertia. It's so bad it actually has a name. Here's what it is. When you and I go to bed, we sleep in cycles. We sleep in cycles of like 90 to 110 minutes all night long. And right before you wake up, the sleep cycles, they stop and your body goes into a wake up mode. Okay. Your brain is starting to slowly wake up so that it can start the day. When your alarm goes off, you're in wake up mode. Your brain is now ready to do its best work. However, if the alarm goes off and you hit the snooze button, guess what you've just done? You've just made your brain go back into a sleep cycle. Your brain is now in a mode that takes about 90 to 110 minutes to complete. You just rebooted the system. So when your alarm goes off and you get up 15 minutes later, you're now in major trouble. And the reason why you're in trouble is because your brain is still locked into a sleep cycle. And this is where sleep inertia comes in. That's a lesson really within itself that you can't share your dreams and your goals with everybody. Like everybody doesn't deserve to have that type of access to you. Everybody doesn't deserve to be able to treat something that's so fragile because they won't treat it with the same care like you will. Sometimes it's going to be the people that you never thought would see it, that you never thought would doubt you, or never that you never thought would take your dreams and treat them like they were nothing. And see, we think that just because they are our family or just because they are our friends that they just supposed to automatically believe in us. But what I want you to understand is that until you get to the realization that you have to be okay sometimes with people that even that you love, even the ones close to you, that they might not believe in you, you may never get to where it is you want to go. See, and again, that's why I said it's so important to watch who you share your dreams and your goals with because everybody won't support your dreams. And see, sometimes it's going to end up being the people that you always thought would. And if you share it with them and you and you put too much faith into that or you put all your trust into that and when they don't support it, you might give up on the only thing that God put you here to do. Because I want you to understand something. When you believe in it, when you work for it, when you fight for it, then they'll believe in it too one day. But the one thing I want you to understand is that the only person you need to believe, the only person that you need is you. When you open your eyes and you present yourself to the world, the job then is to not react emotionally to the same conditions in your life because the moment you react emotionally, you're equal to the conditions in your life and you're back in your past. So then when you fall from grace and you move off that state, then you sit down and you realign.
you begin to tune in again and you change your energy again. Now, when I'm going through change in my life or I have a specific outcome that I want to create, I love to get up early in the morning. That's my time. I'm a 4.30 in the morning guy because that's my time. The rest of the day I'm serving, but I love getting up early and changing and working and, and having some time to myself. And I believe that when I invest in myself, I invest in my future. And that time in my, in my morning, nobody bothers me because that's my time. And because of brain waves and brain chemistry, the door between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is more open. Here's the deal. Your brain, the cortic region of your brain, which is responsible for decision-making, attention, alertness, self-control, that sucker is still in a sleep cycle. And now that you're awake, it's going to take the cortical region almost four hours to actually snap out of that sleep cycle. That's why you feel groggy. It's because the part of your brain that's responsible for critical thinking and being alert, it's actually still asleep. If you don't already do this, you've got to train yourself to be the kind of person that doesn't use the snooze alarm. Because when you hit the snooze alarm, you're not only putting your brain in a state of sleep inertia, you are directly impacting your productivity, your alertness, and your brain processing for the first four hours that you're awake. That's making life harder. I'm all about making life easier. So tomorrow, when the alarm goes off, I don't care how tired you are, I don't care how much you don't want to get out of bed, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember that you've got to wake up and give your brain its best shot to do its best work. And the way you're going to do it it's five, four, three, two, one. Turn off that alarm and get up. Seize the day and go be productive. Dopamine is involved in reward, but it's also involved in the pursuit of rewards. And so as you reach a milestone or as you tell yourself, I'm on the right track, this friction I'm feeling, this late night, this early morning, this hard conversation with somebody that doesn't feel good, I'm going to tell myself this is for a larger purpose. That's that subjective insertion, that abstraction that we were talking about earlier. And when you start releasing dopamine to those kinds of things, there's essentially no limit on the number of things you can do or the energy to do them. When we're in effort, we're always secreting adrenaline. We're always in pursuit and it's draining, it's tiring. Dopamine has this beautiful capacity to buffer adrenaline. And you know this, you've experienced this before because if you've ever been working really, really hard, maybe your team is depleted, everything's just a mess and somebody cracks a joke and all of a sudden in an instant, it's like everything's reframed. That couldn't have been hormonal. Hormones work on the, on the schedule of like hours to days to weeks. It had to be neurochemical. It absolutely had to be neurochemical, and that neurochemical is dopamine. I think a lot of what happiness is is a management issue, and decisions that you're making right now, like you could be in a state of mind right now, but you could make some decisions to adjust that, and over the next couple hours, you'll get to a much better place. And these constant management decisions, they waver in and out of your life on a daily basis. Like this idea that you could have a good mindset and then all of a sudden you'll be happy. That's horse. Like it's that's like it's like the tide. 
it comes in and it comes out. There's going to be days where you're just not feeling so good physically, and that's going to affect the way your happiness level is. It's never static. It's never exactly the same. This is something I've cultivated for a long time and avoided things that make me unhappy and figured out what those things are and been very rigid about eliminating them from, from my life. And one of the big ones is eliminating interactions with people that are negative. That is gigantic. And because I've realized that I'm not really as independent as I used to like to think I was. I used to like to think that my thought process was independent and that I don't give a f what anybody thinks. That's nonsense. People say that because they absolutely care what people think and it bothers them. And you care in both ways. You care if people are critical of you, care if people are positive of you, but you also care if people are living positive lives and they're motivating you. That's, that's a big one. When you look at communities of very high performers, they're very good at attaching a reward to specific behaviors in subjective ways. So growth mindset and these dopamine rewards that we subjectively apply are not about saying, oh, you know, I had a terrible day, I performed poorly, but you know what, it's great, I just feel great anyway. It's not about that. It's not about attaching your sense of reward to the ultimate goal. It's about attaching your sense of reward to the fact that you're making action steps that are generally in the right direction. The more you can reward the effort process, the better off you are at building these kinds of neural circuits and these kind of tendencies to be able to lean into anything challenging over essentially any duration. So how does this work? Like how would somebody do this, right? Well, keeping in mind that adrenaline and epinephrine are all great for getting us into action. This is mother nature's way of chemically making us feel kind of agitated. Remember, stress was designed to agitate us, to move us away from things and toward things. But realizing that that's a, a limited resource, that eventually that same chem chemical is what makes you have a negative mindset, it feels painful, it's the burn in your body, it's uncomfortable. And realizing that dopamine can push back on that neurochemically, it can suppress those sensations of wanting to quit. You get energy out of people like that and you think about this energy and you think about this inspiration when you're doing other things. And it also sets in your mind that when you meet these exceptional people that move you, like what are the characters, what are the qualities that they have, what are the characteristics that they, that they possess? And those things become significant and important to you. Whereas if you live around a bunch of people that are complaining and, and they see the negative in everything and they're always whining, those people are the opposite of that. They're the opposite of inspiration and they're, they're just, they're, they're mud. You're just like, Bleh. it's like you're up to your ankles in mud. You try to trudge through life. It's difficult. You're not light. It's not, it's not pushing you. There's not a wind at your back. The wind's in your face and it's rough, you know, and over time, I've learned that these people, you just, you, you're not going to fix them. Okay, right. I'm wasting a significant amount of my energy on someone who doesn't want to waste any of their energy on themselves. And so managing the, the community and the tribe that you're in, making sure that you're a good member of that tribe, that you're doing your part. When you're around happy 
inspirational people that are successful, it makes you feel better and you get inspired. And if you act on that inspiration, your life will be more fulfilled. And it's not just inspirational in terms of financial success, but in terms of doing difficult things, whether it's running a hundred miles, it doesn't pay you a goddamn thing other than the, 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 the wealth of the knowledge that you can push yourself to such an extreme or anything else, whether it's someone who becomes really good at playing chess or someone who's really good at martial arts or, or whatever it is. There's, there's a great feeling in these overcoming these difficult things. You say, well then, how do I get this dopamine to work for me before I hit a goal? Because not every day is going to be a real win. There's some days, I mean, I know from my science career, there were days that were really hard, experiments didn't work, papers got rejected, and yet, you know, I've spent two decades or more just drilling on and drilling on and it's been a sheer pleasure at times but there's been you know some pain points along the way so what is this process really about and how would somebody implement these dopamine and epinephrine type neurochemical events in their own life well we all know the example of like wanting to run a marathon I've never run a marathon but let's say tomorrow morning I set my shoes near the door now a lot of people have talked about this day one you set your shoes near the door day two you go out the door day three you run around the block day four but the key thing is not just to go through the actions, but when you hit each one of those self-designated milestones, the milestones that you're setting out for yourself, you have to pause for a moment and tell yourself, I'm heading in the right direction. I haven't run the marathon yet, but this is the foundation upon which I'm gonna lay another foundation upon which I'm gonna lay another foundation. And those little pulses of dopamine allow you to get that action step without the depletion that it would normally bring. Otherwise, you're, it's like you're spending money. This is like replenishing this bank account that you have, and it's a neural bank account. And so dopamine is the, is the thing that you can control the dosing of. And so if you say, today it's my shoes at the door, but tomorrow it's around the block, and that's it. But that's in the direction I want to go. What you do is you now get those two events, plus the next day, the mile-long runner, and so forth, without it depleting you. It actually builds this capacity to build more reward. And this is what you've done. This is what people from elite special forces can do. They know how to make small, simple, physical steps in the real world that allow them to build on these reward circuitries, but they don't get delusional about how they're doing. They, they, they know, they keep the end in mind, but they get very micro. They move the horizon in very close. And so if you can move the horizon to something you know you can complete, and you reward that, you essentially are where you were before. You're just as strong, if not stronger, but you're heading in the direction you need to go. You're not depleting, you're not spending out anything. And it feels a little weird because none of us like to reward things that aren't external, but the ability to control these internal reward schedules is everything. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that think somehow or another you're going to get to some place where you're living in silk sheets and you're getting your toes done while someone's dropping grapes into your mouth. I don't want that. I've never wanted that. You, that guy's not going to be happy. He's a human organism. Escape needs constant stimulation because it evolved trying to find food and escape enemies and find shelter, escape nature, escape the elements, try to survive. And this is the great joy that you have in taking care of your children, that you can protect your children from the elements and the enemies and feed them. And you know, I mean, this is, this is the world that we live in today. And I think part of that world is because we have been fed this line of horseshit that you're supposed to seek comfort. And I don't think you are. 
I think you're supposed to seek lessons and you're supposed to seek difficult tasks and, 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 and accomplishments and through those things and through doing things that are hard to do. But through that struggle, I will now have a better day and I better do it again tomorrow or do something else. And that's just part of being a human being. And we can pretend that we're something other than what we really are. If you don't respect the mechanism of happiness and fulfillment and what you really need to do in order to feel satisfied in life, camaraderie, love, family, friendship, struggle, testing yourself, learning, all those things are imperative. They're all a giant part of being a person.